0: Welcome to the invest smarter podcast, where you'll learn about the power of building wealth through real estate and how you can achieve financial freedom through multifamily investing. Keep in mind, if you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com and take advantage of our free report on why multifamily investing just makes sense. Now, here's our host, Simon Castillo.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Invest Smarter Podcast. So today is another Friday look back. So happy Friday, everyone. Today's episode is kind of an unscripted uh, episode where I I reflect back on the week, um, think about the the guests that we've had on the show, what insights they've provided, uh, give you an update on what's happening uh, with me personally in my my business, uh, and kind of give you a uh, you know, some random thoughts and insights into uh, the world of real estate investing. So what I want to talk about today, uh, you know, a few things, one, uh, kind of give you an update. I do have a property um, that uh, that is under contract here in San Antonio, and this was kind of a stressful week for me. Uh, we were right in the middle of doing due diligence um, at the property. Um, for those of you that are, that are uh, not aware what due diligence means at a, a multifamily, uh, property it's it's several days of you know being on site uh conducting uh, inspections a uh, a lease audit, which is basically a, an audit of the financial records you know at the complex to ensure that you know the numbers that were being shown are indeed accurate and and are are what being reported from you know the the leases. so what the the property manager does is they go in and they they basically audit every single lease you know at the at the property complex. Inspections is, is another big thing, and we, we actually physically inspect uh, every single unit um, at the complex so that we are well aware of the condition of the, of the property. And, um, you know, in this way, we also make sure that we're not just shown, you know, units that are in the best condition. And then, you know, there's all these other surprises that happen on the back end. So we will conduct physical inspections of every single unit um, at the complex. We also have, you know, our contractors that, that come out to the property, and they will uh, do their own inspections, uh, you know, roof inspections, exterior inspections. Um, they'll get an idea of what amenities uh, we either want to add or renovate, um, and and then they'll they'll provide their bids. Um, and this is another way for us to kind of confirm, you know, from our initial analysis, um, you know, what the cost of of adding value to the property will be. Um, and gives us another uh another decision point once we see these bids you know as, as we move forward with the, with the project and the reason that i said it you know it's, it's kind of stressful is because one it, you know it's obviously it's a lot of work uh but two at the end of the week um, at the end of our due diligence period is when our earnest money goes hard and that's really what that is what what hard means is it's a, it's an industry term and that basically means that our earnest money becomes non-refundable so you can imagine, you know, when you put, you know, several thousand dollars of earners money down on a property uh, and you get to this decision point, uh, you want to be certain that you're moving forward. Um, and so one other thing that's happening in parallel as, as we're conducting due diligence is we're moving forward with uh, the financing uh, for the property. And we have several options on the table for financing. Uh, typically, when we get to the decision point, we want to be you know, pretty far down the road um, on the financing piece to make sure that that is is fairly solid. Um, We're probably a little bit behind where we wanna be on the financing piece, but we feel pretty good about our options. Um, We we feel like at this point, uh, financing is not gonna be an issue. Uh, We we have different options on the table. Uh, So for us, it's gonna be a matter of picking the best option and then moving forward with that. So in the coming weeks, I'll continue to update you as we progress on this property. Uh, I can say that right now, the, the due diligence that we've conducted so far has been um, has, has been received very well. Um, there has been uh, we have not identified any deal killers. Um, the, the condition of the property is pretty much what we thought uh, from our initial inspections. Um, so we're pretty happy about that. Um, at this point, I would say that we are still in a green light situation. So we will continue to move forward. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, it's been a, a little bit of a stressful week, but we'll continue to push forward. Uh, I'll continue to provide you with uh, uh, with updates as we uh, move down this path and and hopefully uh, close on a another transaction before the end of the year. So that's a little bit about me and and kind of where, where I am and uh, what I've been doing this week. I do want to spend some time uh, talking about some of the conversations I've had with folks uh, this week I've had some interesting conversations with with people uh, other investors uh, potential investors uh, people who want to invest in our deals uh, one of the questions uh, that came up was you know in a scenario where I uh, say an investor has uh, hundred thousand dollars you know what is the best scenario uh, for them to invest that money in uh, real estate or is the stock market the best place to, to invest? Uh, and this is a question you know that I get often, and basically, it's it, what it breaks down to um, is, you know, should should you be investing in the stock market or or real estate? And typically, what I tell people is, you always want to be diversified, and you know, you you probably don't want to be hundred percent in the stock market. There's just too much volatility, and when you need your money, it's always rare that when you need when you need your money and you're going to take your money out of the stock market. It's almost never at the peak uh, of the stock market. It's usually when things are uh, going wrong and there's uh, uh, you know something that's causing the market uh, to be down. And that's when you got to take your money out. Uh, and never a good time to sell when the market is down. So too much volatility to be a hundred percent in the stock market, in my opinion. But what I what I you know tell people as as they're trying to uh, structure their portfolio, their investment portfolio, is to look at these two asset classes—you know, real estate and stock market—as complementary. So, you know, hundred thousand dollars may not seem um, like enough money to build a complementary portfolio, but um, there is a scenario where, say, you invested hundred thousand dollars into a real estate syndication that pays you—you know—an average about seven percent in terms of cash flow. So that's seven thousand dollars a year, um, you know, generated in cash flow from a uh, from a syndicated investment in real estate. So you're investing in real estate. You don't have the volatility. You're producing cash flow, and you're going to produce returns in that syndication, which are, uh, in my opinion, again uh, comparable uh, and and most likely better than what you would experience in the stock market. All that without the volatility. Um, that you see in the stock market, and you get tax advantages from real estate, um, which will allow you to, you know, hopefully uh, keep more of what you're earning from your real estate investment. But say that you do uh, produce that $7,000 in, in annual cash flow, and it's cash flow that you don't really need. Well, take that $7,000 and invest that into the stock market, and that gives you, you know, a way for you to invest in real estate um, and complement it with, you know, an investment into the into the stock market that's, you know, I think that's a that's a great question and something, you know, a scenario that a lot of people come up with, you know, how can I invest uh, both in real estate and the stock market? Uh, you know, something else that uh, I've I've heard quite a bit lately is, you know, how can I get started with uh, an amount less than, you know, what, what is typically required in a real estate syndication? And, you know, most syndications, you're going to see a minimum investment of about $50,000. In some cases, you could go as low as twenty five thousand dollars. It just depends on the investment. It depends on the on the general uh, partner team um, and what they're trying to do, how much they're trying to raise in capital for that particular investment. Uh, but you know, I've had some people say, "Well, I've got five thousand dollars. How can I get started investing in real estate? Um, you know, passively?" And there's there's a couple of a couple of things that you could you could do. Uh, you know, you could potentially partner with someone. Uh, maybe someone else is is maybe someone else has $45,000, and they're trying to meet a minimum, you know, into a syndication, you know, you you can invest with them and form a, you know, type of partnership, so that you your $5,000 is part of the part of their overall investment into a syndication Um, that gets you a buy in into the investment gets you a percentage um, of that investment. And you would then participate in the cash flow and the appreciation uh, and, and the share of, of the tax benefits from that real estate syndication. Um, that's one way uh, that I can think of that you could get started with an amount as low as you know $5,000. There's also real estate index trusts, REITs, uh, which are um, publicly traded, kind of like a stock, which you can buy through a regular brokerage account. Uh, that's another way that you can get inv- uh, invested into real estate with as little as $5,000. The biggest um, drawback to uh, REITs is that they are highly correlated to the stock market. So uh, you will see volatility um, like you would in typical uh, uh, stocks uh, during volatile times in the stock market. So they don't act like normal uh, real estate investments, but it does give you exposure to that sector uh, of real estate. And it does give you exposure at a much lower investment amount. Uh, that might be required uh, when you invest into a syndication. So those are a couple of ways that uh, that you can invest into real estate with amounts that are less than what might be required, you know, uh, to invest in a real estate syndication. And even when you consider other uh, active ways of investing in real estate, if you want to buy a property um, and renovate it and you know turn it into a rental or or try to flip it, you know, you're still talking about you know, seventy-five to one hundred thousand dollars in capital uh, that you'll probably probably need in order to uh, cover your down payment, cover your renovation costs, cover your holding costs, uh, and then cover your 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 closing costs. So, still a considerable amount of capital uh, required uh, to go that route. And that kind of you know leads me to the to my next point. You know, probably about ninety-five percent of the population today will never think about owning another property besides their house, that besides their own uh, primary residence. And the reason for that is, I think a lot of people think of their primary residence as an investment. And that is something that is, you know, in my opinion, again, is can't, couldn't be further from the truth. Where many people, you know, real estate is is the most accessible vehicle um, that they have to, to creating wealth and their primary residence many times is, is what they see as that vehicle uh, to, to create wealth through real estate. But the misconception is that there's, um, you know, in buying a residence, you're buying an investment. And we're often taught, you know, from an early age to hurry up and, and buy your own home. That's the American dream. And yeah, and I'm, I'm not against home ownership at, you know, by any means. Um, but you have to be realistic about what it means to to buy a house and the types of expenses that come with buying a house. Um, you know, you'll be you'll be. You know, many people are, will be uh, taught to buy a house as as quickly as possible uh, because you're 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 owning you know your own real estate. But what they don't tell you is, is the thousands of dollars uh, that go into unrecoverable costs, and what those costs include. Uh, property taxes, which many times can be as much as two percent per year of the property value, the maintenance involved with with, with owning a home, the uh, insurance, uh, which is going to be expensive as well. So the the reality is for most home buyers that all of these unrecoverable costs uh, that people fail to mention, and then another thing is that. Most people don't tell you the first ten to twelve years of your mortgage payments go to primarily uh, paying interest, and if you if you put less than twenty percent down, you probably have a um, private mortgage insurance uh, payment tacked on to your to your mortgage payment, which can be another you know several hundred dollars a month uh, just paying for that uh, PMI, you know, private mortgage insurance. So in the end, you know, these unrecoverable costs are things that people fail to mention. Um, You know, will your house appreciate in value? Maybe. Historically, real estate appreciates in value and keeps up with inflation. But how much appreciation depends on your market? Are you in, you know, California or Texas? Or are you in Kentucky? So that's, that's the question, right, in terms of the location of where you are and what what can you actually expect in realistic terms and in terms of appreciation so after you add up all the costs of home ownership are you even breaking even in the long term you know and and i can't answer that question for you but that is something that you need to look at from a homeowner perspective and i just want to reiterate that i'm not against home ownership i'm against viewing home ownership as an investment you know home ownership doesn't produce cash flow Uh, But many people will justify spreading themselves really thin on a mortgage payment that includes taxes, insurance, maintenance, and in many cases, private mortgage insurance, uh, because they think of it as an investment. Now, these unrecoverable costs are in many times proportionate to the value of the property. So what that means is as the value of the property goes up, so does your property tax bill, so does your insurance, and in many cases, um, your maintenance costs will will increase as well. So if the question is should you buy a house? the answer is absolutely. Um, definitely uh, save up. Uh, buy a house uh, when you're ready to buy a house, buy a house when you're when you can comfortably afford to do so, regardless of what the real estate market is doing or what interest rates are doing. if you can comfortably afford to buy a house, then by all means do it. Um, just don't think about it as an investment. Now, if you're interested in learning more about investing in real estate and in particular, multifamily real estate, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com and take advantage of our free report on why multifamily investing makes sense. And you'll also be signed up for our mailing list to get exclusive investment opportunities. Again, the website is sastexascapital.com. Now, if you have questions that you would like to have featured on our Friday look back, I would love to hear from you. Uh, please email me directly, simon at sastexascapital.com. Your questions, comments. Uh, my goal is to make this show educational for you. Um, so definitely any questions, comments, feedback, would love to hear from you. You can you can reach me directly and I'll make sure to respond to you uh, myself, uh, simon at sastexascapital.com. So I want to thank you again for listening to another episode of the Invest Smarter podcast. Today's uh, Friday look back. Again, kind of my opportunity to give you my uh, thoughts and insights and um, tell you a little bit about what is happening in in my journey. But if you are interested, again, in investing, we have opportunities that are available now. Uh, Go to our website, sastexascapital.com sign up for our newsletter, you'll be added to our mailing list and you'll get exclusive investment opportunities, uh, including uh, updates on what's happening now uh, with with our uh, current opportunities. Once again, if you've enjoyed the show, please do me a huge favor, leave a rating and a review. Uh, What that'll do is it'll help the show to attract the kinds of guests that you as the audience both want to and need to listen to. Thanks again for listening to this episode and we'll talk again next week.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Invest Smarter Podcast, the show that educates you so that you can take control of your financial future. Be sure to rate the show five stars and leave us a review. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you automatically receive the newest edition of the podcast when it's released. So what'd you think? If you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate and taking control of your financial future, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com. And take advantage of our free report on why multifamily investing just makes sense. And be sure to sign up for our mailing list to receive exclusive investment opportunities straight to your inbox. It's time to invest smarter. That's sastexascapital.com.